That's good news, right? That's good news. That's what Jesus wants to do. That's good deeds. Today we're going to go on to the who's been with us on the study. Now we're in the breastplate of righteousness. And so you'll see in your booklet, we're on day, of course, the beginning day. Tomorrow's day one. You have five days to do. And so we're doing this as a church. We're doing all of our, all of our classes and all of our um, ministries. We're doing the same study. And how many people have enjoyed the study so far? Are people getting deeper in God's word? What can happen when you get deeper in God's word? Change happens right here, right? The way we think. We think differently because God's words always changes the way we think. So what I wanted to do today, I was in class today in our study that goes on before, before service. And uh, Lauren did an excellent job. I think she's, oh, right, she, right, she, right there. And so what I want to do, something came, as I was reading this with her, um, I, I have to share this with you. So I'm going to take this section of time and build a foundation on, on Daniel, Daniel 7. And I want us to get, get a hold of who this most high God is. And, um, and so why don't I do that? I'm just going to read this to you. And I want you just to listen and allow the word of God to sink into you. I want you to get a better picture of who this great God is that we serve. And so let's do this. Daniel 7, 13 says that in my vision in the night, I continue to watch. This is Daniel when he gets this huge vision um, of, of God. And so I want to bring this to you today. And it says here, and I saw one like son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. We know this to be Jesus, led in the presence of the Father. And he was given dominion, glory, and kingship to every people, nation, and language should serve him. And it says, his dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. First of all, that's the handover of Jesus and his rightful dominion of this earth, the kingdom on this earth. How many people believe that Jesus is in charge? Is he in charge? Does anything happen without his kingship? Nothing. His kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then it says this, a little later in verse 26. But the court will continue. This, how many people think the, dark, the, the ages are coming? The, the ages are getting dark today. How many people believe there's a lot of government issues? How many people believe that there's stuff all over the world that we're coming in contact with that is very difficult for even a Christian to live today, even overseas? And I, I don't know about there. There is war going on here. And if you see it, if you're in the news, you see all that's going on. But I want you to listen to this written back in Daniel's time. It says, but the court will convene and his dominion will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. This dominion of this fourth beast that talks about this governmental, this, this beast of destruction. I mean, it is heavy. Just like we're seeing it is heavy. And what I want to know is what's going to happen to this type of... What's going to happen to these kinds of people? What's going to happen with this turmoil that's going on today? Do we worry in the midst of this? Do we find ourselves, wow, I don't know what's going to happen. Look at the government. Look what's going over in China. Look what's going over. And all before we know, our mind is just racing along these ways. Who's in charge again? Okay, let's make sure. And what's going to happen to this type of thing before Christ? Here's, who, who's going to win the war? Okay? And here's what I like in verse 26. But the court will convene. And his dominion will be taken away. This is the dominion of this evil, this fourth beast. And I know that gets kind of heavy, but I want you to stay with me. It's taken away and completely destroyed forever. And the sovereignty, dominion, and greatness of the kingdoms on, under all of heaven will be given to the people, the saints of the most. Who's a saint in here today? Let me see the hands of those who are a saint of the most high God. Say it. I am a saint of the most high God, which is awesome to know because you've got to understand this. Uh, and this role, he will destroy 
all of this nonsense. And, and, and being a saint of God, being in his, his plan and his war, it, it's an awesome thing. Then the sovereignty, dominion, and greatness of the kingdoms of their heaven will be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom will be lasting forever, the everlasting kingdom, and his rules, all the rules will be served and obey him. All his servants will obey him. So this is good news. I want to set a foundation here today, and that really hit me in our class today on, uh, on the power of God. And, uh, and, and I don't know about you, once in a while I have to renew this. I'm in the Word of God all the time. I'm studying, and I want to grow. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, I have to renew this right here because there are days that I can get caught up on nonsense, on things that do not matter. There's days that I don't see him for the rightful king. And I, I don't mean that I dethrone him. And I don't think that I don't come again. I don't deny him. But there's days I forget about his sovereignty. You understand what I'm saying? There's times where I allow situations in my life to dictate how I think. There's things that go on in my life and around my life that can take away a revelation of who he is. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so what can happen in our days is that we don't, we, we don't keep his, his word the filter of what we look at. We don't keep it when we deal with people. We don't keep him in his rightful place in our hearts. I'm not saying that we give him up. I'm not saying you, you disown Christ and don't love him anymore. I don't say that. But in your mind, you start to think. And in, in reasoning, you lean, lean on human reasoning. Before you know it, you're in this, this war that you started. How many people know what I'm saying here? Am I just talking to myself? And you forget his sovereignty. You forget his kingship. You forget the reason why you're here. And you even forget to, to arm up. You forget to pick up the form of God. You forget to, to gird yourself in truth that we talked about last week. And before you know it, you're overwhelmed by something. You're overwhelmed by the way you're thinking, by the situations in front of you. You're so, and you're, you don't even know how to work through it. Before you know it, you're praying, but you're praying in fear. You're, you're trying to work through something that you, you're, it, it's, it's all in the mind. You, you know what I'm saying. Before you know it, you're saying something you shouldn't say. You're doing something you shouldn't do. And then you're caught in this way. I don't even understand. Paul says this. He says, why do I do the things I should not do. Now, this is Paul. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stoked about who Paul is in the Word of God. I, I see his beatings. I see how he's shipwrecked. I see all the things that Paul goes through. And he's the most humble man I think I've ever known. And he's the one that says, why do I do the things that I should not do, that I know I shouldn't? How many people have done something that they know they shouldn't do? The Bible says if you know what is right and you don't do it, you're a fool. So how many people can be foolish? Let me see the hands. Come on now, be real. You're in church. You can't lie. So seriously, there's, we are foolish sometimes because we don't keep right perspective on who he is and why I'm here. And before you know it, you've done something. You're like, man, I, can't, I can never do this. Paul says it. I don't know why I do these things I should not do. I know I should do what is right. And yet I still stumble. Why? Because Flesh gets in the way. Flesh must die when? Daily. Doggone it. What, what am I? When, so 
This is where I always have to renew. I have to take moments and say, okay, i got to know who you are before I know who I am. And when I know who I am, then I can deal with this a lot better, okay? So we, gotta, we have to take time. We have to gird up. We have to, we have to recognize who, what, what we're dealing with. And, and who, who, some people in here may like arguments. I don't. Some people might like, like debates. I like a good debate, but I don't like an argument, okay? It's, that doesn't bring out the strength of me. I just get frustrated. But in, these, in our life, what we need to do is we need to be able to quickly identify, okay? And, and, I, and there are people in here that we, we don't jive together. There could be conflict within each other, and that's all it is is just personality, Right? We have different personalities, and, and yet we don't all agree, do we? Do we all agree on things? My wife and I can contest it even in our own home. We don't always agree. She always wins, but we don't always agree. I'm just kidding. You know what I'm saying? So, well, maybe 90% of the time. <laughs> oh, let's not go there. Okay. So we have different, we're different people. Men and women are different, so you're going to have conflicts. That's not what we're talking about here. We just need to grow. We need to mature in the Lord to do this. But what I'm talking about is those times when you can recognize evil. And you could say, not on my watch. We have got to be able to identify the evil one very quickly. And I'm not saying that conflicts and, and we have with one another. I'm talking about when he is directly attacking you, there are fiery darts coming your way. He is after. You've got to be able to identify him. And he's crafty. There are what they call the wiles of the devil. And he knows how to play the game. And so what we need to do is identify. Can we first say we need to identify? We need to stop. Okay, filter Identify. Now we need to gird up in truth. And the next thing we need to do is we need to be able to put the breastplate. There we go. Breastplate of righteousness on. Right? Well, how important is that? What does that mean? What's the breastplate of righteousness mean? It's, they say back there in the Roman guards they used to put on this this breastplate leather, and sometimes it's got chain, small chain around it to protect, and it goes from the neck down to the to the to the hips so it's this why is it so important from here to here why do we need to protect from here to here what is it about me and when i'm going to go into war what why do i need to protect from here what do you think david what would be the reason why i need to protect from here to here don't you think it'd be the face don't you think of where it works and you you say there's a heart in here someplace you say i got a heart oh that's nice give me a hug that's very nice thing Right? There's something between here. What is it? The heart. What is in the heart? What's so big about the heart? Anybody tell me? I don't know. If it's a real deal, you get shot in the heart, you're not going to live long, right? Someone's going to stab the sword in the heart. You're not going to survive very long. You get, a, you get a death wound. Is that right, Randy? Death wound pretty much through the heart. Slice it. So what's it spiritually mean? So what do, what do we need? And, and, and what does the breastplate do? It guards the heart. So what, what do we need to do? Why do we need to guard the heart? Why do you need to put something on? Don't, doesn't Jesus just take care of that? Don't that make sense? We'll, we'll hide the word of God 
in your heart so you don't sin against the Father. What is it about putting God's word in your heart that makes any, what, what does that do? Is, that put, is your heart vulnerable because God's word's there? What do you think? Why is it so important that if I go into a battle with the devil, wouldn't wouldn't think that I've got Jesus, man, bring it on right here. He's in my heart. Don't you think that'd be the better way? Like, he ain't going to hurt this, man, because this is the Lord's. Or why am I starting to protect this thing? Why do I have to guard it? What do you think? Give me some answers. Why do I need to guard what God, where God lives? Where do I need, why do I need to guard where the Holy Spirit resides? Why do I have to guard the very bell of a man that the word of God is hidden in? What do you think? What's important about my heart? Anybody? Keep it soft. Hardening the heart's not good, is it? So what is, when I hide God's word in my heart, what am I doing? Am I reading God's word on a page, and I know when I read it, there's life in that words. I may not even understand all the time when I'm reading. Like what I read for you this morning, it may not hit you as much as it hit me. When it, when it does that, and I, then I I'll ponder on it, and I, I place that in, in my heart, right? And what does, what does the word of God do? It brings faith, does it not? Word of God brings freedom, does it not? I mean, truth sets us free. So all these things that are in my heart bring forth something. Brings forth freedom, doesn't it? It brings forth knowledge. It brings forth what from knowledge I can act on right things, which brings righteousness. You see, God's word is the center. That's why I grew up in it. And I hide it in my heart. So God, the Bible says, so I need to put something on. I need to, I need to protect. I need to guard it. I need to, I need to guard it. How important is God's word to you? How important is it the Holy Spirit who resides in the heart of man? How important is that to you? How do you honor that? Now, how many people here know that you get into conversations sometimes like I do, and, and, and then you could see I can identify the evil one. I can, mm-hmm, I can see you there. And I'm not going to point my finger at somebody and call them the devil. But I can see what's going on. I can see how the world comes and tries to try to sway the way I think. I, I can see how they're trying to play a game that I can, I can almost be swayed or pers- lured away, you see? And then and, and what I need to do, how, how do I recognize that I compare what they're saying to what is in my... I don't compare what, I'm, what they're saying to what, what, I think I, what I think he said in his word. What, what I understand from his word, I place in my heart. That's how you hide the word. You study it, you meditate on it, and you place it. it. It's placed firmly in the heart of man so that when something happens, I can then identify. You see, I can't identify lies until I compare it to truth. So those out there that aren't reading your word, you see how dangerous you are in. You, you cannot, you can't distinguish a lie from the truth because the devil's so good that he doesn't come across as a liar. He comes across as a man of truth. He comes across as an angel of light because he says, oh, this person's growing up in the Lord, so I can't play the same games anymore, but I'm going I'm to step it up and I'm going to be able to, to persuade this, this person this way. I'm going to lure them in this way because they're not studying God's word like they should. You know, They're going to stay in those simple things. They're not going to get heavy in his word. They're not going to be able to see me in this one. You think he does that? You think the enemy's that crafty? 
Do you think that's the wiles of the devil? Do you think he's always thinking of ways to get you because he hates you? So what do we always need to do? We need to, to, we need to, start, we need to continue to learn. We need, and it says even as we mature in God's word, it says that, that, that you know what else he gives? He gives discernment to those who are, who are mature in his word. You know why that's important? So discernment, I can tell right away what is good and what is evil. I can say if that's evil, then I can identify who he is. I, you, he hates knowledge. You see, Satan hates knowledge, and he hates you to receive it because if you have it, you can identify him all that he's doing. He can identify, well, I can see you there. That's what he hates that, that you can say, uh-huh, not today, because God's word says this. You say something different. Let me see the hands of the say they're a child of God today. Those that says, I've given my life to Jesus. I'm a child of God. I believe that without hesitation. Do you believe that? Without hesitation. Okay, can the, can the enemy lie and says you're not? You know how he does it? He says, why can't you? He said to Jesus, why can't you turn this rock to bread? Was he, has he ever said it to you? Are you really saved? Has he ever said that to you? Especially when you've done something. Who's ever got angry before and said something they shouldn't said? Do you, do you know what happens? Thank you for raising that hand up there so quick. I've done that too. And you know what happens is he said, uh-huh, right there. He comes in and lies to you. He will lie all the time. So if you can't, and then you start beating yourself up. Well, I can, that's where Paul was. Why do I continue to do the things I should not do and not do the things I know I should? Why am I foolish at times? And if you're not careful, what will happen? I'm not even, I'm not even saying, God doesn't even, you must be angry at me. I can't do anything right. Why do I get angry all the time with my wife? Not that I do anymore. Why do I get angry when I shouldn't? Why do I allow these things to get to me? Shouldn't I be stronger than this? You see how you start? You see how you're playing the game? You see how you're playing the game? Before you know it, you're convinced. You don't recognize him. Now, now you recognize him as, as a punishing father, one that deserves to send me punishment. And then something happens to you. Well, I deserve that. You see how you start to play the game? He loves it. He hates truth, hates for you to have truth, and then he wants to play the game and say, well, how can I, just, how can I lie enough that convinces them they really aren't in the game? You see, that's how breastplate of righteousness. How does that guard? Here's the cool thing. Breastplate guards the heart. What is righteousness? We know the king of righteousness. Who is that? Up. He is. So how can he, how can you guard your heart by doing what is, how do you guard, how do you guard your heart by doing what is right? See how it works? So when you do something that your, God's word says, even if you don't understand, you do what is right, all of a sudden, in doing what is right, righteousness then what? Guards the heart. Isn't it amazing? It's like, well, Jesus, you can protect me, right? He does. All you got to do is the right thing. 
and all of a sudden, Jesus is right there to guard. Isn't it wonderful how the breastplate of righteousness really does work? It really does guard the heart. It is quite amazing. Let's go into this word here real quick. Ephesians 10. 6.10, I'm sorry. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Who's strong? Who's mighty? Can you have it? All we have to do is be in it. It's yours, right? Put on the form of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes or wiles of the devil. We have said this over and over again. Get it in your mind quickly. Because if you see a battle, you can identify. You identify you're in a battle, we're in good shape, right? And then it says this, therefore take up the form of God so that you'll be able to stand or resist in the evil day. And having done everything, done everything, done everything. So everybody say that, done everything, you will be continually standing. Isn't that good? And when you've done everything, you are still what? So what is your position? And where are you at the end of it? Does it say you have to do anything but stand? See, here's, here's what, you've got to get this. I wasn't sure about that. I'm, I'm looking, okay, I just need to be fighting the war here. So I need, to, I need to be able to identify my enemy. When I identify him, I say, I see you there. Then I need to, then I need to be ready, right? Okay, I need to be ready. I need to be able to actively pull out of my heart the word. Just like Jesus did when he was tempted, right? Wasn't he awesome? Turn this bread, this rock, rock to bread. And Jesus said, I, will not, I don't live on bread alone. I live on every word that comes from my father. And so he identified, he quickly. And what happens to the devil? It says after three times, he said he had to leave. And it says to resist the devil and he will flee. And so what we need to do is be able to resist. Resist, that's what, how powerful the word of God is. When you know God's word, you resist by it. You resist by it because what you know is true, you stand on. You're, stand resi- you're resisting as you're saying it to yourself or you have to repeat it. That's how powerful the word is. To resist it is to quote what you know is true in your heart. Not something you just, oh, I just read that today. What is, let me see. Let me, what, that, what does that mean? What did I, before you know it, something's going to happen. He's not going to sit back. Okay. Uh, and it, the devil's going to sit back and say, okay, Jim, you're not quite sure of the verse. So I'm, I'll wait for you. I'll give you some time, sit down, read it, memorize it, get it in your heart, and then I'll, I'll just, I won't do anything. That'd be unfair. I'm not an unfair devil, so you go ahead. I'll come over here. I'll sit down, Jim, and when you're ready, then you come. Is that how it works? Because you're not ready is where he pursues until he got himself some flesh. Okay, how many people know that the flesh is on you every day? I can show you signs of that, even if it's getting older. I can show you signs of that. So I know. Is there still things about me that must die? Absolutely. The devil knows those things. So he's looking for areas that he can grab hold of. My son doesn't like this when I grab him like this. I, do it, I did it today on the way to church. I grab his leg, and I squeeze it up by the, right there. Everybody know what I'm saying? Right by the knee? Everybody know what I mean? It makes him jump every single time. He says, what the? I said, it's like a tickle hurt is what he says. So he don't like that. And so I, every it's kind of funny, isn't it? Every time in church he comes with me, and he doesn't, he's never prepared. Never. He'll sit in that seat totally oblivious to my plan. He'll sit there, and I'll be over in the driver's seat. Now, just about time. I know every, every Sunday I do this. You would think he would know. Wouldn't you? What would you do? You get wise after the, 
first, second, third time, you're like, okay, this is a pattern, right? You'd have something protected. You'd have your knee protected. He's never. He's in shorts now, even better yet. So as he's driving, I'm driving along, not driving yet, okay? As I'm driving along, I just look over and say, right, there it is. There's his leg. Everybody, anybody ever do it to you before? Have you ever had your knee grabbed before? Right there in the top? And I do it pretty good. So I go, wham. He goes, oh. And I go, have you ever learned? So why don't we learn? When a devil gets in and does something, you think you would say, okay, I know you're coming. So I know you're coming. I'm going to prepare for you. I'm going to guard that knee. I'm going to put some, I don't know what he'd do. He can put something on his lap. He was, it's easy enough. Matter after that fact, he was protecting himself then. He had his arm there. He's ready. Why did it take me to attack first for him to be ready? Why does it take us as people of God to be attacked first before we're ready? Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write that down because you were successful getting in. How many people know that he's got in before? This side says they have. How about over here? He has, hasn't he not? Did he get in today? Did he get his, did he get his little uh today on your knee? No? Good. Get ready. Jesus says in Luke, it says when he did the, the last time he was tempted... Right, And he passed the test by the word of God. It says the devil left him until another opportune time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about you. I would think, devil, there are no more opportune times. You can leave now and stay away. Wouldn't you like to say that? Now you can stay. That's why I love people that say, well, I can, I can bless my house and I can curse the devil and I can have them stay away. And they, they actually call him into hell. Lord, I, I say this devil go to hell now, and you have to stay there. But I don't see that. that uh, show me in the word that that's done. Now I've seen demons leave people and go into pigs and go jumping in the, in the lake, you know, and dying. But then it doesn't say the demons. Need. So let's, let's do things right. Okay, he, when you resist the devil, he does flee. He does leave. But he's looking for another opportune time. Okay, so he's going to look and see, okay, uh, what can I do to get back into the flesh of this person? So the flesh must die so that we, the spirit, can live, so we can come against him. It says in Ephesians 6, 14, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins in truth. What do you need to do every single day? You need to gird up what in truth. Truth means it needs to be put in your heart. You need, it's not just memorization. Okay, some of us are really good about memorizing things, those who take tests real easily. It's not just about memorizing. It's to know. It's to know. It's to know. Truth does indeed set us free. Truth, you'll know it by reading it. You can say, I can see it. And every time you read it, truth will expand. It becomes greater until you have a place to say, wow, this is incredible. For the same verse, I got this much truth on this. It never, never diminishes. It always increases. Do you trust that? It always does. So be in your word. Allow it to, and then you'll be able to identify this thing with truth. And having put on the breastplate, breastplate of righteousness. And let me just say this. This is what I read in this study. I thought it was very good. I thought this was very good. The breastplate of righteousness is aligning your life to God's expectations and standards. It's aligning your life. When you gave your life to Jesus... Did you surrender it all to him? Question. 
Yes or no? The only way you really know that is when you're in this time when you want to do the right thing. If you want to do the right thing, you've got to cut something off of you. Because what you really want to do doesn't always match what he wants you to do. So the great test to know whether or not you're fully surrendered is if whether or not you're going to do righteousness. And what does righteousness do? It will guard your heart. It puts you in a position against the enemy to push back and stand firm. Truth will always, indeed, is all you need to fight. Gird up in truth. Breastplate of righteousness. When you know truth, when you really know it, you will act in righteousness. Hand in hand. And we know that by expectations of God, God's expectation and standards, we may not only stand, but do what is right. Do what the word of God tells you to do. You will resist him. You will stand against him, guaranteed. So what word are you standing on today? When you left your house today, you came to church, what word do you have? What are you ready with? What has God been showing you in your read? When you read God's word, I am sure he's showing you something. What is it that he's showing you? What is he preparing you for? Don't you think he's a God of preparation? Don't you think he's wanting you to learn things so he knows when the devil's coming your way? Don't you think he's got it already figured out, knowing all things? So let's do this. I want you to find a word today. You can do it right now. Maybe it's already came up here today. Maybe it's going to be part of what we said on this word here. I want you today to have one that you're standing on. I want you to learn how to do it from here first reading and place in your heart in truth. Then, blessed plate of righteousness guards what's in the heart. And you'll see the resistance. The devil cannot get in there. You can discern him. You can defeat him. You can come against him. Okay? What word are you standing on today? What is it? If you have none, get one. Get in the habit of every day standing on one. All right? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're a God that cares. Lord, you're the God who sent your word. You first sent your word in many fashions through all kinds of writers in the past, through the Holy Spirit inspired. Then you sent your word as flesh, and his name was Jesus Christ. And he gave us the perfect example how to resist, how to stand firm. I'm so thankful. Not only did he die for me, but that I have forgiveness in what he did on the cross. And that my wounds that I received today are healed by the wounds you received, Jesus. I'm thankful that Jesus was sent because his example of per perfect life and is done. And so, Father, I thank you that I have that. But then, Lord, you give us all that we need, even as Jesus ascended to your right hand. Lord, you give us all that we need through the Holy Spirit, through all that we have. The word of God was given to us that we'd have something strong to stand on. Thank you, Father, for it. We give you praise today and honor in Jesus' name.